rates skyrocketing, home prices pulling back. Where is the opportunity? Good news, it's out there. Michael Finch of SVN SFR Hub. I call Michael the SFR guru. He helps us wade through the murky waters and find silver lining opportunities for investors in today's market. I'm Dalton Elliott. This is The Real Estate of Things. You're listening to The Real Estate of Things podcast. Michael Finch, my dear friend, thank you for joining. Dalton, thank you for having me. Appreciate the time. For sure. You and I, uh, very fortunately, we've been on some webinars in years past. Um, I think maybe we've been on a panel together here, there, who knows, our, our paths cross constantly uh, and very fortunately. So uh, give the folks of the real estate of things some quick background on you and SVN. Yeah, uh, happy to. And um, yeah, thank you all for, for listening and, and watching. Um, my name is Michael Finch. I'm the executive VP of uh, three companies here and I'm principal founder of, of our three companies. Our, our first company is SVN, SFR Hub Advisors. Uh, that is a national commercial real estate brokerage, 100% focused on the SFR and build for rent asset classes. Literally all we do, uh, we don't do multifamily retail office, industrial hospitality or the typical CRE assets. Uh, we operate nationally. Uh, we currently have listings in I don't know, 25, 26 states right now um, and a lot of opportunity uh, forthcoming as well. Um, we're bringing on some some good new deals, so keep keep your eyes posted on that. Our second company is SFRHub.com. Uh, that is a uh, data research valuation technology platform um, that we capitalized uh, several years ago, um, and it's really kind of the spine of of everything that we do. It, it enables us to underwrite accurately and efficiently, clean and verify data, um, and and you know, more closely find what the true retail value is of any home within a portfolio and then, you know, aggregate each individual home um, to that portfolio aggregate price. Um, we've underwritten almost $50 billion of single family and bill for rent uh, deals at sfrhub.com. And um, on the BFR side in particular, BFR being bill for rent, um, we do a lot of consulting out of sfrhub.com. Um, we've been working with developers and builders for a year, helping them to think through how to value a build for rent home, how to optimize it, you know, whether or not amenities are needed, uh, right-sizing the lots, creating the right floor plan and unit mix for, you know, an investor's perspective with, you know, cash flow in mind and, and really how to optimize an NOI. It's a, it's a commercial real estate investment asset class now. And, you know, the builders traditionally for the last hundred plus years, they've been building for sale. Um, you know, so it's a different product and there's a bit of a learning curve, um, you know, but our, our two worlds are colliding, so to speak, the residential and the commercial here within the SFR and, and BFR asset class. And, and, you know, now that it's a, a known institutional asset class, SFRhub.com has been really leading the way and, in, in um, you know, Valuations, research data, and um, and more recently, last few years, a lot of consulting, um, and we've teamed up with some of the industry leaders on some of those as well. Um, you know, some of the big groups that you might know, Hunter Housing Economics or John Burns. Um, so that's our second company, SFRHub.com, and then 
SVN SFR Capital Management. That is our third company. That is an investment firm, uh, an asset management and operating company that's aggregating build foreign communities uh, currently um, around the country, mainly in the Sun Belt. Uh, we've got um, a number of deals under construction um, and under contract today. And um, we're very excited to be working with um, one of the one of the nation's best equity groups that's that's been heavily involved in the single family asset class today as well. So um, plan with SVNS of our capital management as an asset management and operating company is to acquire thirty five thousand build for rent community our homes within self contained communities around the country, uh, specifically focused on build for rent. Yeah, a lot there and truly in the space of single family rentals, it's tough to find a group that has the level of expertise that you and the crew do. So um, that said, I want to jump right into it and start picking your brain. Uh, you, you and I were chatting before the call, just kind of comparing notes of the last couple of days and weeks and uh, talking two year swaps and everything fun there. But on the value side of the fence, uh, talk to me about discovery on retail values, right? We've been up and to the right since COVID started. Uh, but that the winds have changed on that, right? We're, yeah, like a flat and declining market. So how's that affecting and, and sp- more specifically, like, are you already starting to see particular pockets getting materially hit? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we've been the last couple months, you know, and, and the Fed just raised the, the rate again, as, as I'm sure everybody knows, another 75 bips. Um, but we've been spending a lot of time uh, educating sellers on listings that we had, you know, prior to, you know, the rates really starting to, to explode in July uh, through today, um, as well as educating groups that are that are interested in selling today or that have been in the last, you know, call it 60 plus minus days. And, you know, what's, you know, everything's lagging today, right? So nine months ago, there was no worry. We, we would value, and we still do today, we value every single home in a portfolio that's coming in at the retail price. Um, and nine months ago, if we had a hundred home portfolio, say, and the, the average retail price was 300 grand and it was a four nine cap, that was a sellable deal. That's not the case today. So so what we're we're doing and and you know really having to educate potential sellers on is hey we're going to value your portfolio at where the the suggested retail price is today you know based on comps um you know based on quality of home all, all the things that that go into it and, but at the end of the day if that aggregate retail price of all 100 homes in a portfolio is say twenty million dollars, but the you know the return is a you know at, at, at a, the stabilized return on current NOI. If that's a five cap today, it's a real conversation that we have with this we have to have with the seller and 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 get them educated on where you know where the buyers are going to need to be because that wasn't a concern before. Um, it was always retail, and if the returns worked out or if or if there was some value add where a buyer could quickly see that they could get north of a five cap, it, it was gonna. We knew it was gonna sell. 
Um, and that's, you know, in the A and B class, you know, sort of arena C is, is, you know, moves that bips up a little bit on returns, but, um, today it's totally different. You know, we've got, you know, interest rates, you know, going near seven. I mean, we've been getting quoted six and a half, you know, six and three quarters, um, you know, a month ago. And, and now we just had another rate hike. So, you know, mortgage rates are going to six, six plus, uh, conventional, uh, terms, you know, on these, on these loans for, for portfolios, they're higher than that. So, um, you know, we, it takes a lot of time, you know, if, if the retail price shakes out to a seven and a half cap, great. You know, we'll go to market on that. If it doesn't, then, you know, we've got to have a, a real conversation with the seller on, on where the pricing needs to be for the portfolio. So investors, which I think 95% plus of, of all buyers are using leverage, you know, so that they're all, they're all held to a, essentially similar standards. Uh, obviously, you know, certain sponsors, you know, may be able to put more down or, or, you know, have greater scalability, which is a little less risky for a lender. But at the end of the day, you know, they've got to be able to get a return to purchase, purchase a deal. And if it's a five cap and somebody's being quoted six and three quarter, you know, interest rate, how can you, how can you make that pencil? So it's, you know, it's been a lot of, a lot of educating lately. And, and, you know, the good news is, is that we're, we've been successful in that in the last, you know, call it six weeks. And we've got a number of deals coming in, you know, that do have higher cap rates that, that are going to get attention. Um, and, you know, there's no denying that the SFR and BFR market is a great hedge still and a great, you know, mitigation of risk compared to other commercial asset classes. Um, there's a shortage of homes and, and rents are staying strong. Values are, they're not precipitously dropping today because it lags. Um, but, you know, I think it's, you know, I, I think 2023 will probably see a 15% decline in values nationally. Um, different markets are going to be different, of course. You know, some like, you know, Phoenix, where, where we're headquartered, um, you know, we've had some of the highest price appreciation year over year of any other market in the country. So maybe that, maybe that pullback is going to be a little bit greater. Um, you know, nobody has a crystal ball here, but, but um, you know, homes aren't selling and, you know, whether they're new construction or on the MLS, because, you know, you either can't get the, the loan or, or people aren't sure if prices are going down. So it's just going to take some time, you know, for everybody to kind of figure it out. So uh, I want to touch on one thing you mentioned, though, the home supply piece, right? That, that definitely is playing a big role in blunting or rather stunting the effect of the depreciation that's happening, right? Like if not for the inventory issue and lack of inventory, you know, it might be, you know, who knows, but maybe double the drop off, uh, definitely a more precipitous drop off the edge of the cliff, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, on on resale homes, um, you know, it's in my mind, values are. I mean, everyone knows that values are coming down, but you know, a large majority of homeowners have have locked in rates sub five percent. I think it's like eighty five percent of homeowners have sub five percent mortgage rates. 
and a good chunk of those, you know, are around 3%. Um, you know, so unless they have to move cities for a job, the odds of them being a seller right now are, are pretty unlikely because, you know, what are they, you know, what do they buy? The, you know, prices right now are at, at arguably at, at the height of the market. Um, and, and are everybody's expecting them to fall. Um, and, you know, it, it, so I think the, the resale supply is going to stay low uh, because of that. The only people that will likely be selling, you know, are those that, you know, probably need to move um, for some particular reason, or maybe, you know, there's other life situations that, you know, I, I couldn't possibly foresee, but, um, you know, I think that's going to keep the resale uh, MLS supply fairly, fairly low, you know, which is again, going to kind of slow down how we see that fall. And, you know, it's probably just going to show up, <laughs> you know, in a couple months and, and, and we'll, we'll have a better idea of where that decrease is. And it's not drastically different on the, the, you know, the builder side. Um, there's tons of standing inventory out there now, but most of the publics and large regionals are slowing down on, on going vertical on any new lots because they're already sitting on a, a, a good chunk of standing inventory. Um, you know, I think, um, I think Allie Wolf was on Bloomberg the other morning and mentioned, you know, KB has seen a 50% decrease in contract sales, you know, over the last couple months. Lennar, she said was at 12%. Um, but that was because they've been, you know, offering pretty significant incentives you know, cutting their base pricing, you know, in an effort to, you know, keep selling homes. But, you know, um, there's going to be some some standing inventory out there. It looks like for a while because we've been onboarding um, thousands of homes where the builders are saying, hey, do you think investors will buy these for rent? You know, and they're all over the country. But some of the problem with buying some of these homes for rent, even with a 20 percent you know, maybe even 30% discount to the retail price today is that, you know, these homes weren't ever thought to be rental products. So they're 2,500 square foot, three bed, two bath homes with very high end finishes. That That is a, a challenging product type for, you know, an investor to rent the home because a renter doesn't, unlike a home buyer, a renter isn't looking at or willing to pay more in rent just to have more space. And it also, for an investor's perspective, you know, thinking about the future of CapEx and, and turn costs uh, to, to retrofit it back to more durable finishes, you know, um, is, is cost prohibitive. Um, so, you know, I think it's, I, it's going to take a little bit of time, um, but there's, there's 100% going to be value depreciation. Um, both on on the resale and on on newly constructed homes. Yeah. So how how do rents play into this? Or where do you foresee rents going? Do you think it's going to stay flat, or do you think the um, more prohibitive nature than we've had earlier in the year uh, for home buyers in terms of you know, prices, rates still being high, even if they come down some on the uh, price side of the fence, 
Uh, still, the appreciation in the last two years has been astronomical. Uh, so homes are still going to be relatively expensive when you compare to 12, 18, 24 months ago. Um, so what do you what do you see on the rent side of the fence? Well, I think, you know, there therein lies some of the silver lining here for um, investors. And even, you know, going back to our, our previous point about, you know, uh, uh, a homeowner that, you know, has locked in low rates and, and you know, may not want to sell, but if they have to move um, and sell their home today, you know, the opportunity, I think, in that situation is to move into, you know, let's say they're moving from Phoenix to Dallas, find a home to rent. It is significantly more affordable, even with high rents, to rent a home today than than to own a home. And with the current, you know, prior to the, the rate hike this week, um, the average entry level home mortgage was $839 higher than renting that same home. Now it's going to be north of a thousand. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I don't know where it's going to shake out, but it it will be north of a thousand dollar difference, or right around there. So, for those that need to sell, um, you know, they should look at renting for a while and just get comfortable in the market. You know, get the lay of the land where you're living. Um, but it's also cheaper to rent than to own. And and for investors, um, you know that. The investor concern is always about catching a falling knife, right? And then and nobody wants to buy when when prices are going down. But this SFR market is unique because, you know, data going back to the 80s shows that the SFR, um, you know, the single family rental market has held up better than any other asset class in the country, you know, when we're going through recessionary periods and and. I wouldn't think we're in a recession right now, and I'm talking the macro economy, but we're certainly in a housing recession right now. I mean, I would, I think nobody would argue that it, 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 we are in it. It started. We just don't know where the pricing is going to go. But that being said, values are are going down. Builders are offering greater discounts, um, and home buyers are also going to have to reconsider you know their price of a home two or three or four months ago is now going to be below that if they want to sell um so there's opportunity in in that regard to buy homes where values are going down and rents are going up and and rents are still projected to go up over the course of the next several years and largely due to a a lack of supply on the market there there just aren't homes to rent. So, and, and if people aren't buying homes, they're likely renting homes because families aren't typically renting, you know, one and two bedroom apartment units. So they're going to be looking for single family homes. And I think John Burns indicated recently that, um, you know, year over year, um, effective new lease rents are, are still moving at, at 6% up today. And, and a lot of the the major markets are still projecting a four to six percent rent increase year over year um, through the end of this year. And I, I I I suspect, and based on some of the data that I've read, um, you know, I think it's 
you know, it's going to normalize a little bit that rent growth, you know, in that, that two to two and a half to, to 5% range, you know, but really probably averaging around, around three, which, which fits into, you know, kind of the typical performa you should be putting together conservatively on rents anyways. Um, so I don't think we're going to see the, the exceptionally high rent rate increases that we've been seeing, but all numbers across all 99 of the major markets in the United States are still indicating rental rate increases. So if you have the ability to, you know, to buy prices while they're going down and you can still lease them at increasing rent rates, it's an opportunity, you know? So for the capital, I think out there, you know, when, in regards to catching that falling knife, I personally don't think it's a good idea to wait, wait, wait until the absolute bottom hits because, you know, maybe, maybe today you can, you can buy a six and a half cap when, you know, nine months ago, it would have been a five and a half cap. And, you know, maybe in a couple months you can buy a seven cap and then maybe it's a seven and a half. But if you're, if you're deploying capital and buying good return assets, um, you know, that, that's generating cash flow, covering your debt service ratio, um, you know, and you're getting a good NOI margin, you know, there's, there's opportunity to continue deploying capital. So I, I the silver lining, I, I guess, is, you know, we've got, we're, we're starting the process of, of falling prices and rents are not going down. Um, they're not even stabilizing. They're still going up. So, you know, that's a, that's a good thing for an investor. Definitely a silver lining. Um, any, you mentioned a little bit about uh, the Phoenix market. Are there any other markets that, um, whether you, know, you would put a plus sign or a negative sign next to it, any other markets that have been really attention grabbing for you lately? Um, I mean, due to the, the, the increasing tightening on, on debt, um, you know, it's getting harder than it was nine, 12, 18 months ago to look at secondary and tertiary markets. Um, you know, so I think, you know, the top 20 markets in the United States are, you know, probably where, you know, the, it, it'll still, you know, it's going to be more challenging than it was, but, you know, that's where you're still going to be able to get the debt on board um, because, you know, just the, the strong fundamentals of, you know, having MSAs, you know, over a million and a half people, uh, good job base, good job growth, good, you know, schools, you know, all, all the things that, that a, an investor needs. And, you know, those secondary and tertiary markets that were, you know, have seen also good price appreciation and, and rent growth um, and population growth. A lot of that driven due to the pandemic, work from home. I think there's going to be a little more of a a pullback from the debt and equity on wanting to work with investors and focus on those markets temporarily until things shake out. So, um, you know, it doesn't, you know, again, from a rental perspective, things look good across the board in the top hundred markets in the country. Um, you know, but I think there's, there's certainly going to be some, some, some tightening on debt and equity requirements for, you know, kind of secondary and 
tertiary markets, even though they, you know, many secondary markets still have very good fundamentals, but, you know, the, the confidence in primary markets will, will override, I think in the short term. Yeah. I, at the day job at Lima One Capital, seeing and feeling the same thing, right? The whenever you sit in a credit review committee meeting, um, there's a little more safety and security in those primary markets and secondary markets still, uh, but there is just a different uh, different view. And not to say that it's nixed or falling off the edge of the cliff, but just a little more. Um, Time spent peeling back the layers, the further away from a primary market you get, just to make sure all the I's are dotted and T's crossed. Well, and for opportunistic investors, you know, um, the markets where values really skyrocketed are also are on all the primary markets. So, you know, the the assumption would be they will have the greatest retraction in values as well. Um you know, so there's going to be there's going to be opportunity to to buy right soon. Um, you know, with with rents that are arguably at an all time high, showing no sign of going down. So even if they didn't increase, they'd stay at an all time high right now, stabilized uh, over the next couple of years, which is not the prediction. But if that was the case, you're going to be able to buy homes. At, at a lower value, still at all time high rents. So, you know, it, it, there, there, there is, you know, there's some unique opportunities that are going to show themselves here soon. Yeah. From a cash flow perspective, and like you said, from an investor's perspective, our opportunity to be had just have to be arguably more mindful than you had to be a year or two ago, whenever HPA is just, saving anybody and everybody and that was your buffer the stakes are a little higher now and and to steal your falling knife analogy uh that's 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 a really good picture to paint on um just got to be a little more cautious and do a little more due diligence you you do you do and and it was interesting you know because i i lived through the last recession you know i was that guy in the big short walking around half-built subdivisions wondering what the hell is going on. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was, you know, I, I lived, I lived through it all. And, and, um, you know, I, I, you know, my, my background was, you know, heavy in in land, um, and, and land development for home builders and, and multifamily developers. And, you know, as, as time went on and the groups that, still had money by 2010 um there there were a number of investors that just kept sitting on the sideline even even when you could buy you know a b-class apartment unit for twenty-five thousand a door and it was a legitimate 10 cap the, the concern there was well is this the bottom and i remember thinking who cares you have a 10 cap yeah. right like, how does that not work? It doesn't, you know, even if it goes to 15,000 a door, you're still, you're, you've got it fully leased at a 10 cap. So, you know, that, that's, it kind of gets to, to what I was saying just a little bit ago. Um, you know, if you have capital deployment needs, yeah, you got to be more cautious, 
because you don't know where values are going. But there is going to be a point where the returns just make sense, you know, and, and maybe you can try not to worry so much about the value. So you're getting your capital out and you're creating and aggregating a portfolio or adding to your portfolio with better returns than you could buy a year ago. Yeah, it's like be be prudent, don't be greedy and an Eeyore, right? Like if 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 the numbers pencil out and you are a SFR investor who's looking at cash flow, like be an SFR investor who's looking at cash flow. Make that the kind of attribute a, a an appropriate weight to that in your due diligence. A hundred percent, you know. And I mean, I you know, I remember talking to guys in 2012 and 2013. 2014 that finally started deploying capital and they they are all like, God, i wish i would have bought in 2011 yeah. <laughs> you know because you know they weren't sure when the next cycle was going to end we you know which a typical cycle in real estate is five to seven years so by 2015 we were already at that seven year mark nobody had an idea that things were just going to go up for another eight years um which they did so everybody's been riding a a wave of success, whether or not they did it on purpose or, you know, or they just got successful because of market conditions, um, you know, but, you know, now, now here we are and this is going to show who the, you know, who the kind of, who was, who was smart recently or who got, you know, maybe a little lucky recently, but, but more so, you really got to sharpen the pencils now. Um, and you, you, you certainly, you know, you've got to be more careful and, and the debt and equity is going to hold you to that too. So, um, you know, there's, there, there's some real, real restrictions in place now, but, um, like I said, there's, there's going to be opportunity, um, you know, to buy, to buy right while the, the rental market is still, still rising all over the country. What you were saying reminded me of like trying to time the bottom of the market, right? No different from securities and that, you know, generally speaking, you're not going to be able to time the bottom perfectly. So if see opportunities that pencil out, um, go for it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's exactly it. You know, you wait for the bottom. Um, you probably won't realize you missed it for at least a year. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the maybe riskier, maybe smarter or, or whatever you want to call them, those investors that, you know, that, that find opportunities at cash flow and deploy capital will be buying better returns. Um, and you know, they'll, they'll, they'll probably be thankful for it years from today. So for people I've been on, uh, of course, have been on uh, SVN site, uh, other sister companies. Uh, Y'all have uh, always great portfolios, great opportunities in there. The, the data that you provide uh, allows investors to get a really concise bird's eye view of uh, kind of the nuts and bolts of each opportunity that's in there. So for folks who are... Uh, active investors, which is most everybody listening, uh, tell us how to get there, where we should look, uh, and get in touch with y'all. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, every, all of our deals are are 
found it smrhub.com it's very simple you know registration process it's free just click the register button in the upper right hand corner uh fill in your information um and we'll certify you and you'll have access to you know all of our our deals across the country and then um you can once you see you know something that looks interesting contact us via email or our phone um which is all on there and um and you know we'll send you the the doc vault that has you know all the the more pertinent information um you know that we're not publicizing you know on the site um because we want to make sure that you know people sign the nda and you know we don't want to give away you know sellers information um just for you know kind of looking looking at a deal online but um you know once once you get our our property tape um which we call an asr an advanced sfr scrub report that's that's a pretty extensive excel spreadsheet uh, that has all the pertinent information that that any investor is going to need to analyze a home and, and it's all the same information that the lenders are going to need so so we've really created um a product that is um you know equal, equally favorable to help the buyer understand you know the opportunity as well as to to put it right in front of their lender so their lender can plug all the same information in and i know we've done this together you know multiple times on portfolios with lima one so um you know it's a it's a great tool and resource and and um you know it's something that the the industry has has I think come to respect and um and we've we've been very proud of of what we've created you know so we put together institutional offer memorandums so you know somebody that really likes to read you know we they can go through and read all the content some investors are more bullet point driven just want to look at the bullet points um and dig into the t12s and look at the property tape um but we we really put a whole uh doc vault suite together to give whatever type of investor you are if if you're down in the weeds and you want to read every single word we we've got plenty of info for you if if you really just want to dig into the numbers you know we'll get you current and actual numbers and performing numbers um it's all in there so a very complete package um you know really structured for institutional investors all the way down to mom and pop investors. Yeah, as plug and play as it gets and as someone who lives on the lending side of the fence and and like you said we've done plenty of deals together. Uh yeah, just as plug and play as it gets for the investor, for the lender, makes life easier which is always greatly appreciated. And that's why that's actually why we created com years ago because we started in the space in 2014 and it was it was so apparent back then um, the disconnect between buyers and sellers and values and and even anybody knowing what they even had in their portfolio because so many people you know bought homes in foreclosure um, you know so there's really no you know due diligence that comes with those um, you know so we were cleaning and verifying data you know on these large portfolios back then. Kind of the old-fashioned manual way um and and that's what we created the tech around to help automate that and use our processes of underwriting uh to just get through them faster because it you know it take 100 hours uh, to do 100 homes if you really did it right um but the big problem back then 
was unlike the commercial world where most people use CoStar, you know, Yardi. There's a few sites, you know, where everybody's kind of gauging off the same information. And, you know, it wasn't 100% correct because no data is. But, you know, in the SFR world, you know, if you had a buyer comping off the MLS, a, a seller comping off a of Zillow, you know, or truly, or just wherever, there were so many different sites and the values were never, never the same. So, you know, when we, when we recognize that, you know, we were like, wow, we got to get, we got to create something that the market recognizes as, as good data research and valuation. So we can get the buyers and sellers starting a negotiation off the same information. So, you know, this property tape or ASR that I mentioned, you know, when we would underwrite a deal and the seller would agree to the pricing, we'd go to market and now we're sharing good data with the buyers. And now the buyer and the seller are on the same, you know, page, obviously a buyer needs to do their own research and they can go to wherever they want. But at the end of the day, you know, instead of a starting with a, a 16 or 18% price discrepancy. If you got a seller using one data source and a buyer using another, we start them from the exact same playing field. And then, you know, it just, it just made the, it's proven to make the, the negotiation easier because, you know, it, it's, it's trusted data on, on both yeah, sides. It's very true. Uh, I think we're going to bestow upon you the title of SFR guru. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know about yes, that. Yes, you're, you're too humble, Michael. Uh, but thank you so much for carving some time out to kind of walk through the current state of the market and, and where we see it going. Uh, always enjoy chatting with you. Always learn. Uh, and yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting times right now and interesting times ahead. Uh, and just hunker down, stay prudent. Uh, but there's still opportunity out there. So, um, yeah, I think that's a good takeaway. Yeah, I'd say keep your pencil sharp, be patient, um, you know, scrutinize deals heavier than you were before. Um, and, and you'll see, I mean, there's there's always silver lining when, you know, there's market corrections. And, and that silver lining is really finding the gems or the diamonds in the rough, so to speak. But but they're going to be out there and and there will be more of them as time goes on. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, it's, it's not a, it's not a bad time to buy at all. It's just, it's just a matter of doing more critical due diligence. That's well put. So um, thank you, Michael. And I'm sure I'm going to see you uh, sometime here in the next couple months as the conference circuit heats back up. Can't wait for that. I'm sure I'll see you in December at the um, the SFR conference in, in Scottsdale. Oh, I'll, I'll actually miss that one. I uh, I turned 30 and I'm going to be out of the country for a couple of weeks. I'm, uh, I'm getting old, Michael. So I'm. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you enjoy that. that. That sounds, you know. The, the the SFR conferences are fun, but you know, a birthday vacation and, and out of the country is probably top my list. Yeah, it uh, it's a decent trade off for this year. So, uh, but I, I will see you some point soon. And thanks for joining. Yeah, I really appreciate it, Dalton. Thank you for sure. Thanks everybody for listening. Take care. 
Are you a real estate investor looking for the right lender that can finance all your deals and help you scale? Lima One Capital has the best suite of loan products in the industry bar none. Whether that's fix and flips, fix and holds, building new construction, or buying rental properties, they have incredible financing solutions for it all. A reliable, common-sense lender is one of the most important parts of your investment team, and that's exactly what you get with Lima One. Let Lima One Capital show you how they've helped thousands of real estate investors scale and increase their wealth. Check out LimaOne.com or call 800-259-0595 to speak with a consultant in preparation for your next project. Thank you for joining us today on the Real Estate of Things podcast. Subscribe and tune in weekly for new content from the industry's best while we continue to unpack the nuances of this dynamic market. Follow us across social media for additional insights and analysis on the topics covered in each episode. And remember to rate, review, and share the show.